Thank you for coming to tonight's podcast. 365 Bible study with Fernando and Anna. Right now, Anna is taking care of her parents. They're getting up in age. Thank God we got parents, in-laws to take care of. She goes over there in the holidays. So that's why I only been broadcasting. I love you. God bless you. Happy, good, holy days are upon you in Jesus' name. Reading for today is December the 4th, Daniel chapter 11, 30, verse 36 to 12, 13. So please get your Bibles out. <clears throat> As it is my custom, I'm going to read the commentaries from the New Living Testament in both the Recovery Bible and the 365 Bible. And we pray that we will increase with this Bible in knowledge and the blessings of the Word of God, that God is in His Word. And he comes alive in His Word to heal us, establish us, and cause us to shine and work for Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord God, that we are in this to win it. Because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. So, be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. Lord, we thank you for every circumstance, every situation. We thank you for every person that's in the hospital, every person that's sick, Lord. We just thank you and we declare them whole, heal, and established in the words of God, in the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we plead the blood of Jesus upon them that they will be healed by the stripes of Jesus. They are healed and made whole. We thank you for their lives, Lord, just the way they are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now. All right, today's study, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12, 2 clearly refers to the resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Although the eternal destiny of each will be quite different, up to this point, teaching about the resurrection was not common. Although every Israelite believed that one day he or she would be included in the restoration of the new kingdom. This revelation of bodily resurrection of both the saved and the lost was a sharp departure from common belief. By now, Daniel was an old man who had been faithful to God throughout his years. God assured Daniel that he would rise from the dead and receive his portion in God's eternal kingdom. But Daniel was not to spend the rest of his life wondering what his visions might mean. Instead, he was to rest in the comfort of God's sovereignty and look forward to the time when he would rise to receive and share eternal life with God. God does not reveal everything to us in this life. We must be content with the partial picture until he wants us to see more. Our main focus should not be on determining when these things will happen, but in remaining, remaining faithful to God. Amen and amen. And I, I have experienced that. That is so important that we remain faithful in obedience. We don't have to know the future. That becomes addictive. We are good to go here. Jesus said, be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's all I know I need to know. Amen. Now, let's talk a little bit about recovery. Stumbling in recovery or sin can serve to cleanse and strengthen us. We can look at the times we stumble as a weight lifter looks at weights. If they weren't hard to lift, he wouldn't gain any muscle. 
At first, we might stumble a lot, but as we struggle, we grow stronger. Eventually, we will be able to resist greater and greater temptation. Where we once would have fallen, through these spiritual workouts, we gradually are transformed from weaklings into strong people. I know I read that already in the last segment. But I want to emphasize again that if you fall, you, I would suggest you say, I thank you, God, I fell. If you're in the midst of the falling and, you, and the Holy Spirit is right with you and you're doing, say, gambling or yelling and screaming, say, I thank you, God, I scream. Or say, for instance, you, lost, you flew off the handle like I did or you were jealous like I was. And uh, after the eighth time of going to the bathroom and thanking God, the venom spilled out of my mouth. Thank you, God, like if it was a good thing. I get on my knees in the bathroom and then I take control of myself and I start thanking God that I did wrong. That, my friends, proved to be the antidote. That, my friends, allow God to enter my will and and dig underneath the problem and root it out through thanksgiving. <clears throat> the Lord will root out the problem if you thank him before the problem. You're going to go gamble <clears throat> during the gambling and after the loss and you get that that feeling of loss. <clears throat> the problem is we're addicted to the feelings of loss. You know what I mean? We've been trying to fix that with our own strength and our own power. <clears throat> and all it does, <clears throat> excuse me, it just fills that problem. So <clears throat> more and more. <clears throat> the problem is, is that God is God and we're trying to run God's agenda. <clears throat> By thanking God for the problem, we become humble and that's the objective. We purge ourselves from pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance. Uh, any evil that may be lurking inside our system, is it is purged. <clears throat> and it takes a while to soak the ground around that rooted tree that's giving bad fruit. So as soon as we keep praising him and thanking him that we're misfits, that we missed it, <clears throat> that tree will be uprooted and gone. And we will become humble. <clears throat> Amen. All right. As we face recovery or sin, we would probably like to believe that life will never again be as painful as it was before sinful acts or recovery. That, however, cannot be a guarantee. Prior to the resurrection uh, at the end of the age, there will be a time of unparalleled suffering for God's people. And between now and then, there will be consistent tribulation for God's people. While we may have faith, courage, and wisdom during that time, we will never have answers to all our questions in this life. However, we have the assurance that we will live forever with God and understand everything in the end. Amen. Well, keep on thanking God and reading Psalms where it says that nothing will harm you, that all the Lord will protect us. And that the word of God is our shield. Suffering comes because we don't have the shield up. We're not reading Psalms 18. We're not reading Psalms 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 103, Psalm 20, Psalm 120. We're not into the word of God, so it's not in our consciousness. It's not around us and up in the air. 
<clears throat> so to avoid hurts, lamentations, and frustrations, let's get into the Word of God. It's, the Lord says, I am your shield, your present help in times of trouble. Amen. The suffering that, that may have to endure by those in recovering will thankfully have a very positive effect. These difficult trials will teach us lessons that will help us in the future. But for those who deny God and the truth, there will be no learning and no purification. Through openness, honesty, and self-examination, we will gain recovery from sin and from bad habits and become the people God wants us to be. Amen. So go right to the to this tool of thanking God. Let's go to the tool of thanking God right away and and purging ourselves. That that way situations won't have to purge us. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. And now for a reading of chapter 11 of Daniel verse 36. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what he has been determined will surely take place. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors and for the god loved by women or by any other god. For he will boast that he is greater than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the God of fortress, a God his ancestors never knew, and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign God's help, he will attack the strongest fortress. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out with chariots, charioteers, and vast navy. He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter his glorious land of Israel, and many nations will fall. But Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. He will conquer many countries, and even Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the gold, silver, and treasures of Egypt, and the Libyans, Ethiopians, will be his servants. But then news from the east and the north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy the, and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountains and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out, and no one will help him. At that time, Michael the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish, greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there and 
knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river. How long would it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands towards heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time and time and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people are finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of this of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go on your way until the end. As for you, I said, go your way until the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Now, Daniel clearly teaches that the dead will be resurrected again, and Daniel himself will be promised this resurrection too. However, the resurrection will not be the same for all people. Two distinct groups of people will be raised, those resurrected to experience new life and those resurrected to experience shame. Those two groups are distinguished by moral, ethical, and spiritual characteristics. The resurrection will unveil each person's true nature, and there will be an ethical and spiritual accounting to God's Most High. Spiritual accounting to God Most High. The first group will experience a new existence called everlasting life, Daniel 12, 2. The expression is found only here in the Old Testament. Everlasting life refers more to the quality of life than to its length. Those who are truly wise know, relate to, and experience God, and they teach others this righteousness and wisdom. Daniel 11.33 They are refined, cleansed, and made pure before their God. The moral and ethical glory of those resurrected in Daniel's first group is indicated by the metaphors. Shine as bright as the sky and shine like the stars forever, Daniel 12.3. The second group experienced everlasting shame and disgrace instead of everlasting life because they are not morally, ethically, or spiritually renewed. The New Testament book of Revelation expands upon these two groups of, of Daniel's vision. See Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6, and 11 and 15. Everlasting life destroys death. While Daniel recounts rescue from kings, fire, and lions, at the resurrection, God's people will finally be rescued from death. Amen and amen. And now a reading from 1 John. But before I read 1 John chapter 4, uh, the commentary, it says, 
Well, let's take a breather, relax for a moment. Let's call upon the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what we just read about your word. Lord, let us let's take time for the words to seep into our hearts. We thank you and we praise you for the resurrection of life. And we pray that we are in it with Jesus Christ. And we have faith and believe so. And we have confidence that it is a done deal in Jesus' name. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Full assurance in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit indicates it's a full assurance because we are always worried if we're in or not. So the Holy Spirit gives us full, that's a full insurance when you're worried. The person that's not worried is the person that don't even think about it, don't have an inclination. So if you're worrying, congratulations. You are part of the deal. We are part of the deal. Amen. Everyone believes that love is important, but love is usually thought as a feeling. In reality, love is a choice and an action. I said, love is a choice and an action. That's reality. As 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 shows, the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people right in front of us, our family, friends, co-workers, and fellow believers. John isn't telling us how many people to love, but how much to love the people we already know. Our job is to love faithfully the people God has given us to love. God is the source of all love, our love. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are created in his image. Jesus is our example of what it means to love. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love. He lives in our hearts and makes us more and more like Christ. God's love always involves a choice and an action, and our love should be like His. How well do you display your love for God in the choices you make and the actions you take? Amen. And reading, No Religious System, chapter 4, continuing on the commentary of John, it says, no religious system can be true if it denies that Jesus was God in a human body. A clear view of who Jesus is will help us develop a deeper relationship with God. Through prayer and studying his word, we can know that his will is and how to accomplish it in our lives. Even if other people don't understand or accept our new way of life, as we walk with God, we can know that he who lives in our hearts is stronger than our past and present struggles with sin. Recovery depends upon God's gift, and the most important among them is the provision of a Savior. The Father loved us enough to send His Son to save us. As we grow to be more like Him, we also grow in our ability to love others with sacrificial love. Many of us feel the recovery process would be greatly expedited if only we could see God. But God is usually seen by us only through his people when they love us and love each other. That is why it is so important for us to restore our relationship with the people we have harmed. That is also why we need the fellowship of believers, because we desperately need the love they can offer. Now, John spoke again about the importance of love. True Christianity is characterized by loving relationships. 
where there is no fear experienced in such relationships, first with God, then with other believers, is at the heart of our recovery. We can trust God wholly without fear because the punishment of our sins have already taken place through Christ. Where love reigns, we can be open and vulnerable with fellow believers, trusting that our honesty will not be used to hurt us. Mature Christians love delights in helping others. Mature Christians love delights and Christian delights in helping others. It creates an environment in which we can develop accountability and a new sense of responsibility towards ourselves and to others. Amen. The reading of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God will listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, or God is love. Again, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world, so that we may have life eternal through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but, we, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and not testified that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us if we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love and live in God, are, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus 
here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us. Because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, uh-oh, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Lord, we pray for the ones that are needing your mercy, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Establish them. And we also pray for those who are distressed by the scorn of others. We are to thank God you're getting scorned. Okay? That's the instructions. Obey. Just keep at it. Keep thanking God for the scorn. For the Lord is trying to get pride, ego, uh, self-assurance, and your own way of doing out of you. These situations happen because they, he loves us. He can turn everything to love and more love. Amen. Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking for the Lord, our God, for his mercy. Just as servants keep their eyes on their masters. As a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Amen. Notice that the, 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 the proud scoff. Okay. And and the arrogant contempt. So, what was our part? Did we start the the contempt with with being our arrogant? Did we start the uh, scoffing by being proud? I bet you, yes. We probably had something in as you say. No, no. Okay, then there's something else. We're not letting enough God in the sun inside of us. Proverbs 29, 2 and 4. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father. But if he hangs around with prostitutes, his wealth is wasted. A just king gives stability to his nation. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. A just dad gives stability to his home, but one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. Now, we are the people that love wisdom, and we bring joy to our Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give them heaven, family. God bless you. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. 
365 Bible study with Fernando and Anna. Right now, Anna is taking care of her parents. They're getting up in age. Thank God we got parents, in-laws to take care of. She goes over there in the holidays. So that's why I only been broadcasting. I love you. God bless you. Happy, good, holy days are upon you in Jesus' name. Reading for today is December the 4th. Daniel chapter 11, 30, verse 36 to 12, 13. So please get your Bibles out. <clears throat> As it is my custom, I'm going to read the commentaries from the New Living Testament in both the Recovery Bible and the 365 Bible. And we pray that we will increase with this Bible in knowledge and the blessings of the Word of God, that God is in His Word. And he comes alive in His Word to heal us, establish us, and cause us to shine and work for Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord God, that we are in this to win it. Because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. So, be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. Lord, we thank you for every circumstance, every situation. We thank you for every person that's in the hospital, every person that's sick, Lord. We just thank you. We declare them whole, heal, and established in the words of God, in the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we plead the blood of Jesus upon them that they will be healed by the stripes of Jesus. They are healed and made whole. We thank you for their lives, Lord, just the way they are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now. All right, today's study, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12, 2 clearly refers to the resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Although the eternal destiny of each will be quite different, up to this point, teaching about the resurrection was not common. Although every Israelite believed that one day he or she would be included in the restoration of the new kingdom. This revelation of bodily resurrection of both the saved and the lost was a sharp departure from common belief. By now, Daniel was an old man who had been faithful to God throughout his years. God assured Daniel that he would rise from the dead and receive his portion in God's eternal kingdom. But Daniel was not to spend the rest of his life wondering what his visions might mean. Instead, he was to rest in the comfort of God's sovereignty and look forward to the time when he would rise to receive and share eternal life with God. God does not reveal everything to us in this life. We must be content with the partial picture until he wants us to see more. Our main focus should not be on determining when these things will happen, but in remaining, remaining faithful to God. Amen and amen. I, I have experienced that. That is so important that we remain faithful in obedience. We don't have to know the future. That becomes addictive. We are good to go here. Jesus said, be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's all I know I need to know. Amen. Now, let's talk a little bit about recovery. Stumbling in recovery or sin can serve to cleanse and strengthen us. We can look at the times we stumble as a weight lifter looks at weights. If they weren't hard to lift, he wouldn't gain any muscle. 
At first, we might stumble a lot, but as we struggle, we grow stronger. Eventually, we will be able to resist greater and greater temptation. Where we once would have fallen, through these spiritual workouts, we gradually are transformed from weaklings into strong people. I know I read that already in the last segment, but I want to emphasize again that if you fall, you, I would suggest you say, I thank you, God, I fell. If you're in the midst of the falling and, you, and the Holy Spirit is right with you and you're doing, say, gambling or yelling or screaming, say, I thank you, God, I scream. Or say, for instance, you lost, you flew off the handle like I did, or you were jealous like I was. And uh, after the eighth time of going to the bathroom and thanking God, the venom spilled out of my mouth. Thank you, God, like if it was a good thing. I get on my knees in the bathroom and then I take control of myself and I start thanking God that I did wrong. That, my friends, proved to be the antidote. That, my friends, allow God to enter my will and and dig underneath the problem and root it out through thanksgiving. <clears throat> the Lord will root out the problem if you thank him before the problem, you're going to go gamble. <clears throat> During the gambling and after the loss and you get that that feeling of loss. <clears throat> the problem is we're addicted to the feelings of loss. You know what I mean? We've been trying to fix that with our own strength and our own power. <clears throat> and all it does, <clears throat> excuse me, it just fills that problem. So <clears throat> more and more. <clears throat> The problem is that God is God, and we're trying to run God's agenda. <clears throat> By thanking God for the problem, we become humble, and that's the objective. We purge ourselves from pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance. Uh, any evil that may be lurking inside our system, is it is purged. <clears throat> and it takes a while to soak the ground around that rooted tree that's giving bad fruit so as soon as we keep praising him and thanking him that we're misfits that we missed it <clears throat> that tree will be uprooted and gone and we will become humble <clears throat> amen all right as we face recovery or sin we would probably like to believe that life will never again be as painful as it was before sinful acts or recovery that, however, cannot be a guarantee. Prior to the resurrection uh, at the end of the age, there will be a time of unparalleled suffering for God's people. And between now and then, there will be consistent tribulation for God's people. <clears throat> While we may have faith, courage, and wisdom during that time, we will never have answers to all our questions in this life. However, we have the assurance that we will live forever with God and understand everything in the end. Amen. Well, keep on thanking God and reading Psalms where it says that nothing will harm you, that all the Lord will protect us, and that the Word of God is our shield. Suffering comes because we don't have the shield up. We're not reading Psalms 18. We're not reading Psalms 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 103, Psalm 20, Psalm 120. We're not into the Word of God, so it's not in our consciousness. It's not around us and up in the air. 
<clears throat> so to avoid hurts, lamentations, and frustrations, let's get into the Word of God. It's, the Lord says, I am your shield, your present help in times of trouble. Amen. The suffering that, that may have to endure by those in recovering will thankfully have a very positive effect. These difficult trials will teach us lessons that will help us in the future. But for those who deny God and the truth, there will be no learning and no purification. Through openness, honesty, and self-examination, we will gain recovery from sin and from bad habits and become the people God wants us to be. Amen. So go right to the to this tool of thanking God. Let's go to the tool of thanking God right away and cl- and purging ourselves. That w- that way situations won't have to purge us. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. And now for a reading of chapter 11 of Daniel verse 36. <clears throat> the king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god. Even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what he has been determined will surely take place. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors and for the god loved by women or by any other god. For he will boast that he is greater than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the god of fortress, a god his ancestors never knew and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign God's help, he will attack the strongest fortress. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out with chariots, charioteers, and vast navy, He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter his glorious land of Israel, and many nations will fall. But Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. He will conquer many countries, and even Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the gold, silver, and treasures of Egypt, and the Libyans, Ethiopians, will be his servants." But then, news from the east and the north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy the, and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountains and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out and no one will help him. At that time, Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, everyone of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever." But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there and 
knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river, how long would it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands towards heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time and times and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people are finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of this of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go on your way until the end. As for you, I said, go your way until the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Now, Daniel clearly teaches that the dead will be resurrected again, and Daniel himself will be promised this resurrection too. However, the resurrection will not be the same for all people. Two distinct groups of people will be raised, those resurrected to experience new life and those resurrected to experience shame. Those two groups are distinguished by moral, ethical, and spiritual characteristics. The resurrection will unveil each person's true nature, and there will be an ethical and spiritual accounting to God's Most High. Spiritual accounting to God Most High. The first group will experience a new existence called everlasting life, Daniel 12, 2. The expression is found only here in the Old Testament. Everlasting life refers more to the quality of life than to its length. Those who are truly wise know, relate to, and experience God, and they teach others this righteousness and wisdom. Daniel 11.33 They are refined, cleansed, and made pure before their God. The moral and ethical glory of those resurrected in Daniel's first group is indicated by the metaphors. Shine as bright as the sky and shine like the stars forever, Daniel 12, 3. The second group experienced everlasting shame and disgrace instead of everlasting life because they are not morally, ethically, or spiritually renewed. The New Testament book of Revelation expands upon these two groups of, of Daniel's vision. See Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6 and 11 and 15. Everlasting life destroys death. While Daniel recounts rescue from kings, fire, and lions, at the resurrection, God's people will finally be rescued from death. Amen and amen. And now a reading from 1 John. But before I read 1 John chapter 4, uh, the commentary, it says, 
Uh, let's take a breather. Relax for a moment. Let's call upon the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what we just read about your word. Lord, let us, let's take time for the words to seep into our hearts. We thank you and we praise you for the resurrection of life. And we pray that we are in it with Jesus Christ. And we have faith and believe so. And we have confidence that it is a done deal in Jesus' name. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Full assurance in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit indicates it's a full assurance because we are always worried if we're in or not. So the Holy Spirit gives us full, that's a full insurance when you're worried. The person that's not worried is the person that don't even think about it, don't have an inclination. So if you're worrying, congratulations. You are part of the deal. We are part of the deal. Amen. Everyone believes that love is important, but love is usually thought as a feeling. In reality, love is a choice and an action. I said, love is a choice and an action. That's reality. As 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 shows, the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people right in front of us, our family, friends, co-workers, and fellow believers. John isn't telling us how many people to love, but how much to love the people we already know. Our job is to love faithfully the people God has given us to love. God is the source of all love, our love. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are created in His image. Jesus is our example of what it means to love. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love. He lives in our hearts and makes us more and more like Christ. God's love always involves a choice and an action, and our love should be like His. How well do you display your love for God in the choices you make and the actions you take? Amen. And reading, no religious system, chapter 4, continuing on the commentary of John, it says, no religious system can be true if it denies that Jesus was God in a human body. A clear view of who Jesus is will help us develop a deeper relationship with God through prayer and studying His Word. We can know that His will is and how to accomplish it in our lives. Even if other people don't understand or accept our new way of life, as we walk with God, we can know that He who lives in our hearts is stronger than our past and present struggles with sin. Recovery depends upon God's gift, and the most important among them is the provision of a Savior. The Father loved us enough to send His Son to save us. As we grow to be more like Him, we also grow in our ability to love others with sacrificial love. Many of us feel the recovery process would be greatly expedited if only we could see God. But God is usually seen by us only through His people when they love us and love each other. That is why it is so important for us to restore our relationship with the people we have harmed. That is also why we need the fellowship of believers, because we desperately need the love they can offer. Now, John spoke again about the importance of love. True Christianity is characterized by loving relationships. 
where there is no fear, experiencing such relationships, first with God, then with other believers. It's at the heart of our recovery. We can trust God wholly without fear because the punishment of our sins have already taken place through Christ. Where love reigns, we can be open and vulnerable with fellow believers, trusting that our honesty will not be used to hurt us. Mature Christians love the lights in helping others. Mature Christians love the lights and Christian delights in helping others. It creates an environment in which we can develop accountability and a new sense of responsibility towards ourselves and to others. Amen. The reading of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God will listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, or God is love. Again, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world, so that we may have life eternal through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but we, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us if we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love and live in God, are, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus.
here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us. Because He loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, uh-oh, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Lord, we pray for those ones that are needing your mercy, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Establish them. And we also pray for those who are distressed by the scorn of others. We are to thank God you're getting scorned, okay? That's the instructions. Obey. Just keep at it. Keep thanking God for the scorn. For the Lord is trying to get pride, ego, um, self-assurance, and your own way of doing out of you. These situations happen because they, He loves us. He can turn everything to love and more love. Amen. Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking for the Lord, our God, for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their masters. As a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal, have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Amen. Notice that the the the, the proud scoff, okay? And the, and the arrogant contempt. So, what was our part? Did we start the the contempt with with being our arrogant? Did we start the uh, scoffing by being proud? I'll bet you, yes, we probably had something in as you say, no, no. Okay, then there's something else. We're not letting enough God in the sun inside of us. Proverbs 29, 2 and 4. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father. But if he hangs around with prostitutes, his wealth is wasted. A just king gives stability to his nation. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. A just dad gives stability to his home. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. Now we are the people that love wisdom and we bring joy to our Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give them heaven, family. God bless you. Thank you for coming to tonight's podcast. 365 Bible study with Fernando and Anna.
Right now, Anna is taking care of her parents. They're getting up in age. Thank God we got parents, in-laws to take care of. She goes over there in the holidays. So that's why I only been broadcasting. I love you. God bless you. Happy, good, holy days are upon you in Jesus' name. Reading for today is December the 4th. Daniel chapter 11, 30, verse 36 to 12, 13. So please get your Bibles out. <clears throat> As it is my custom, I'm going to read the commentaries from the New Living Testament in both the Recovery Bible and the 365 Bible. And we pray that we will increase with this Bible in knowledge and the blessings of the Word of God, that God is in His Word. And he comes alive in His Word to heal us, establish us, and cause us to shine and work for Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord God, that we are in this to win it. Because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. So, be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. Lord, we thank you for every circumstance, every situation. We thank you for every person that's in the hospital, every person that's sick, Lord. We just thank you and we declare them whole, heal, and established in the words of God, in the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we plead the blood of Jesus upon them that they will be healed by the stripes of Jesus. They are healed and made whole. We thank you for their lives, Lord, just the way they are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now. All right, today's study, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12, 2 clearly refers to the resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Although the eternal destiny of each will be quite different, up to this point, teaching about the resurrection was not common. Although every Israelite believed that one day he or she would be included in the restoration of the new kingdom. This revelation of bodily resurrection of both the saved and the lost was a sharp departure from common belief. By now, Daniel was an old man who had been faithful to God throughout his years. God assured Daniel that he would rise from the dead and receive his portion in God's eternal kingdom. But Daniel was not to spend the rest of his life wondering what his visions might mean. Instead, he was to rest in the comfort of God's sovereignty and look forward to the time when he would rise to receive and share eternal life with God. God does not reveal everything to us in this life. We must be content with the partial picture until he wants us to see more. Our main focus should not be on determining when these things will happen, but in remaining, remaining faithful to God. Amen and amen. And I, I have experienced that. That is so important that we remain faithful in obedience. We don't have to know the future. That becomes addictive. We are good to go here. Jesus said, be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's all I know I need to know. Amen. Now, let's talk a little bit about recovery. Stumbling in recovery or sin can serve to cleanse and strengthen us. We can look at the times we stumble as a weight lifter looks at weights. If they weren't hard to lift, he wouldn't gain any muscle. 
At first, we might stumble a lot, but as we struggle, we grow stronger. Eventually, we will be able to resist greater and greater temptation. Where we once would have fallen, through these spiritual workouts, we gradually are transformed from weaklings into strong people. I know I read that already in the last segment. But I want to emphasize again that if you fall, you, I would suggest you say, I thank you, God, I fell. If you're in the midst of the falling and, you, and the Holy Spirit is right with you and you're doing, say, gambling or yelling or screaming, say, I thank you, God, I scream. Or say, for instance, you lost, you flew off the handle like I did, or you were jealous like I was. And uh, after the eighth time of going to the bathroom and thanking God, the venom spilled out of my mouth. Thank you, God, like if it was a good thing. I get on my knees in the bathroom and then I take control of myself and I start thanking God that I did wrong. That, my friends, proved to be the antidote. That, my friends, allow God to enter my will and and dig underneath the problem and root it out through thanksgiving. <clears throat> the Lord will root out the problem if you thank him before the problem. You're going to go gamble <clears throat> during the gambling and after the loss and you get that, that feeling of loss. <clears throat> the problem is we're addicted to the feelings of loss. You know what I mean? We've been trying to fix that with our own strength and our own power. <clears throat> and all it does, <clears throat> excuse me, it just fills that problem. So <clears throat> more and more. <clears throat> the problem is that God is God and we're trying to run God's agenda. <clears throat> By thanking God for the problem, we become humble and that's the objective. We purge ourselves from pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance. Uh, any evil that may be lurking inside our system, is it is purged. <clears throat> and it takes a while to soak the ground around that rooted tree that's giving bad fruit. So as soon as we keep praising him and thanking him that we're misfits, that we missed it, <clears throat> that tree will be uprooted and gone. And we will become humble. <clears throat> Amen. All right. As we face recovery or sin, we would probably like to believe that life will never again be as painful as it was before sinful acts or recovery. That, however, cannot be a guarantee. Prior to the resurrection uh, at the end of the age, there will be a time of unparalleled suffering for God's people. And between now and then, there will be consistent tribulation for God's people. While we may have faith, courage, and wisdom during that time, we will never have answers to all our questions in this life. However, we have the assurance that we will live forever with God and understand everything in the end. Amen. Well, keep on thanking God and reading Psalms where it says that nothing will harm you, that all the Lord will protect us. And that the word of God is our shield. Suffering comes because we don't have the shield up. We're not reading Psalms 18. We're not reading Psalms 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 103, Psalm 20, Psalm 120. We're not into the word of God, so it's not in our consciousness. It's not around us and up in the air. 
<clears throat> so to avoid hurts, lamentations, and frustrations, let's get into the Word of God. It's, the Lord says, I am your shield, your present help in times of trouble. Amen. The suffering that, that may have to endure by those in recovering will thankfully have a very positive effect. These difficult trials will teach us lessons that will help us in the future. But for those who deny God and the truth, there will be no learning and no purification. Through openness, honesty, and self-examination, we will gain recovery from sin and from bad habits and become the people God wants us to be. Amen. So go right to the to this tool of thanking God. Let's go to the tool of thanking God right away and and purging ourselves that that way situations won't have to purge us. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. And now for a reading of chapter 11 of Daniel verse 36. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what he has been determined will surely take place. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors and for the god loved by women or by any other god. For he will boast that he is greater than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the God of fortress, a God his ancestors never knew, and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign God's help, he will attack the strongest fortress. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out with chariots, charioteers, and vast navy. He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter his glorious land of Israel, and many nations will fall. But Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. He will conquer many countries, and even Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the gold, silver, and treasures of Egypt, and the Libyans, Ethiopians, will be his servants. But then news from the east and the north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy the, and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountains and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out and no one will help him. At that time, Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there and 
knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen, who was now standing above the river, how long would it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both his hands towards heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time and times and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people are finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of this of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go on your way until the end. As for you, I said, go your way until the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Now, Daniel clearly teaches that the dead will be resurrected again, and Daniel himself will be promised this resurrection too. However, the resurrection will not be the same for all people. Two distinct groups of people will be raised, those resurrected to experience new life and those resurrected to experience shame. Those two groups are distinguished by moral, ethical, and spiritual characteristics. The resurrection will unveil each person's true nature, and there will be an ethical and spiritual accounting to God's Most High. Spiritual accounting to God Most High. The first group will experience a new existence called everlasting life, Daniel 12, 2. The expression is found only here in the Old Testament. Everlasting life refers more to the quality of life than to its length. Those who are truly wise know, relate to, and experience God, and they teach others this righteousness and wisdom. Daniel 11.33 They are refined, cleansed, and made pure before their God. The moral and ethical glory of those resurrected in Daniel's first group is indicated by the metaphors. Shine as bright as the sky and shine like the stars forever, Daniel 12, 3. The second group experienced everlasting shame and disgrace instead of everlasting life because they are not morally, ethically, or spiritually renewed. The New Testament book of Revelation expands upon these two groups of, of Daniel's vision. See Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6, and 11 and 15. Everlasting life destroys death. While Daniel recounts rescue from kings, fire, and lions, at the resurrection, God's people will finally be rescued from death. Amen and amen. And now a reading from 1 John. But before I read 1 John chapter 4, uh, the commentary, it says, 
Uh, let's take a breather. Relax for a moment. Let's call upon the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what we just read about your word. Lord, let us let's take time for those words to seep into our hearts. We thank you and we praise you for the resurrection of life. And we pray that we are in it with Jesus Christ. And we have faith and believe so. And we have confidence that it is a done deal in Jesus' name. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Full assurance in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit indicates it's a full assurance because we are always worried if we're in or not. So the Holy Spirit gives us full, that's a full insurance when you're worried. The person that's not worried is the person that don't even think about it, don't have an inclination. So if you're worrying, congratulations. You are part of the deal. We are part of the deal. Amen. Everyone believes that love is important, but love is usually thought as a feeling. In reality, love is a choice and an action. I said, love is a choice and an action. That's reality. As 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 shows, the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people right in front of us, our family, friends, co-workers, and fellow believers. John isn't telling us how many people to love, but how much to love the people we already know. Our job is to love faithfully the people God has given us to love. God is the source of all love, our love. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are created in his image. Jesus is our example of what it means to love. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love. He lives in our hearts and makes us more and more like Christ. God's love always involves a choice and an action, and our love should be like his. How well do you display your love for God in the choices you make and the actions you take? Amen. And reading, no religious system, chapter 4, is continuing on the commentary of John. It says, no religious system can be true if it denies that Jesus was God in a human body. A clear view of who Jesus is will help us develop a deeper relationship with God through prayer and studying his word. We can know that his will is and how to accomplish it in our lives. Even if other people don't understand or accept our new way of life, as we walk with God, we can know that he who lives in our hearts is stronger than our past and present struggles with sin. Recovery depends upon God's gift, and the most important among them is the provision of a Savior. The Father loved us enough to send His Son to save us. As we grow to be more like Him, we also grow in our ability to love others with sacrificial love. Many of us feel the recovery process would be greatly expedited if only we could see God. But God is usually seen by us only through His people when they love us and love each other. That is why it is so important for us to Restore our relationship with the people we have harmed. That is also why we need the fellowship of believers, because we desperately need the love they can offer. Now, John spoke again about the importance of love. True Christianity is characterized by loving relationships. 
where there is no fear experienced in such relationships, first with God, then with other believers, is at the heart of our recovery. We can trust God wholly without fear because the punishment of our sins have already taken place through Christ. Where love reigns, we can be open and vulnerable with fellow believers, trusting that our honesty will not be used to hurt us. Mature Christians love delights in helping others. Mature Christians love delights and Christian delights in helping others. It creates an environment in which we can develop accountability and a new sense of responsibility towards ourselves and to others. Amen. The reading of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God will listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, or God is love. Again, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world, so that we may have life eternal through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but, we, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us if we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love and live in God, are, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus 
here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us. Because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, uh-oh, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Lord, we pray for those ones that are needing your mercy, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Establish them. And we also pray for those who are distressed by the scorn of others. We are to thank God you're getting scorned. Okay? That's the instructions. Obey. Just keep at it. Keep thanking God for the scorn. For the Lord is trying to get pride, ego, um, self-assurance, and your own way of doing out of you. These situations happen because they, he loves us. He can turn everything to love and more love. Amen. Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking for the Lord, our God, for his mercy. Just as servants keep their eyes on their masters. As a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Amen. Notice that the, 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 the proud scoff. Okay. And the, and the arrogant contempt. So, what was our part? Did we start the the contempt with with being our arrogant? Did we start the uh, scoffing by being proud? I bet you, yes. We probably had something in, as you say. No, no. Okay, then there's something else. We're not letting enough God in the sun inside of us. Proverbs 29, 2 and 4. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father. But if he hangs around with prostitutes, his wealth is wasted. A just king gives stability to his nation. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. A just dad gives stability to his home, but one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. Now we are the people that love wisdom and we bring joy to our Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give them heaven, family. God bless you. Thank you for coming to tonight's podcast. 
365 Bible study with Fernando and Anna. Right now, Anna is taking care of her parents. They're getting up in age. Thank God we got parents, in-laws to take care of. She goes over there in the holidays. So that's why I only been broadcasting. I love you. God bless you. Happy, good, holy days are upon you in Jesus' name. Reading for today is December the 4th. Daniel chapter 11, 30, verse 36 to 12, 13. So please get your Bibles out. <clears throat> As it is my custom, I'm going to read the commentaries from the New Living Testament in both the Recovery Bible and the 365 Bible. And we pray that we will increase with this Bible in knowledge and the blessings of the Word of God, that God is in His Word. And He comes alive in His Word to heal us, establish us, and cause us to shine and work for Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord God, that we are in this to win it. Because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. So, be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. Lord, we thank you for every circumstance, every situation. We thank you for every person that's in the hospital, every person that's sick, Lord. We just thank you. We declare them whole, heal, and established in the words of God, in the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we plead the blood of Jesus upon them that they will be healed by the stripes of Jesus. They are healed and made whole. We thank you for their lives, Lord, just the way they are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now. All right, today's study, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12, 2 clearly refers to the resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Although the eternal destiny of each will be quite different, up to this point, teaching about the resurrection was not common. Although every Israelite believed that one day he or she would be included in the restoration of the new kingdom. This revelation of bodily resurrection of both the saved and the lost was a sharp departure from common belief. By now, Daniel was an old man who had been faithful to God throughout his years. God assured Daniel that he would rise from the dead and receive his portion in God's eternal kingdom. But Daniel was not to spend the rest of his life wondering what his visions might mean. Instead, he was to rest in the comfort of God's sovereignty and look forward to the time when he would rise to receive and share eternal life with God. God does not reveal everything to us in this life. We must be content with the partial picture until he wants us to see more. Our main focus should not be on determining when these things will happen, but in remaining, remaining faithful to God. Amen and amen. I, I have experienced that. That is so important that we remain faithful in obedience. We don't have to know the future. That becomes addictive. We are good to go here. Jesus said, be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's all I know I need to know. Amen. Now, let's talk a little bit about recovery. Stumbling in recovery or sin can serve to cleanse and strengthen us. We can look at the times we stumble as a weight lifter looks at weights. If they weren't hard to lift, he wouldn't gain any muscle. 
At first, we might stumble a lot, but as we struggle, we grow stronger. Eventually, we will be able to resist greater and greater temptation. Where we once would have fallen, through these spiritual workouts, we gradually are transformed from weaklings into strong people. I know I read that already in the last segment, but I want to emphasize again that if you fall, you, I would suggest you say, I thank you, God, I fell. If you're in the midst of the falling and, you, and the Holy Spirit is right with you and you're doing, say, gambling or yelling and screaming, say, I thank you, God, I scream. Or say, for instance, you, lost, you flew off the handle like I did, or you were jealous like I was. And uh, after the eighth time of going to the bathroom and thanking God, the venom spilled out of my mouth. Thank you, God, like if it was a good thing. I get on my knees in the bathroom, and then I take control of myself, and I start thanking God that I did wrong. That, my friends, proved to be the antidote. That, my friends, allowed God to enter my will and, and dig underneath the problem and root it out through thanksgiving <clears throat> the lord will root out the problem if you thank him before the problem you're going to go gamble <clears throat> during the gambling and after the loss and you get that that feeling of loss <clears throat> the problem is we're addicted to the feelings of loss you know what i mean we've been trying to fix that with our own strength and our own power and all it does, excuse me, it just fills that problem. So more and more. The problem is that God is God and we're trying to run God's agenda. By thanking God for the problem, we become humble and that's the objective. We purge ourselves from pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance, uh, any evil that may be lurking inside our system, is it is purged. <clears throat> and it takes a while to soak the ground around that rooted tree that's giving bad fruit. So as soon as we keep praising him and thanking him that we're misfits, that we missed it, <clears throat> that tree will be uprooted and gone. And we will become humble. <clears throat> Amen. All right. As we face recovery or sin, we would probably like to believe that life will never again be as painful as it was before sinful acts or recovery. That, however, cannot be a guarantee. Prior to the resurrection uh, at the end of the age, there will be a time of unparalleled suffering for God's people. And between now and then, there will be consistent tribulation for God's people. While we may have faith, courage, and wisdom during that time, we will never have answers to all our questions in this life. However, we have the assurance that we will live forever with God and understand everything in the end. Amen. Well, keep on thanking God and reading Psalms where it says that nothing will harm you, that all the Lord will protect us. And that the word of God is our shield. Suffering comes because we don't have the shield up. We're not reading Psalms 18. We're not reading Psalms 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 103, Psalm 20, Psalm 120. We're not into the word of God, so it's not in our consciousness. It's not around us and up in the air. 
<clears throat> so to avoid hurts, lamentations, and frustrations, let's get into the Word of God. It's, the Lord says, I am your shield, your present help in times of trouble. Amen. The suffering that, that may have to endure by those in recovering will thankfully have a very positive effect. These difficult trials will teach us lessons that will help us in the future. But for those who deny God and the truth, there will be no learning and no purification. Through openness, honesty, and self-examination, we will gain recovery from sin and from bad habits and become the people God wants us to be. Amen. So go right to the to this tool of thanking God. Let's go to the tool of thanking God right away and, cl- and purging ourselves. That w- that way situations won't have to purge us. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. And now for a reading of chapter 11 of Daniel, verse 36. <clears throat> the king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god. Even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what he has been determined will surely take place. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors and for the God loved by women or by any other God. For he will boast that he is greater than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the God of fortress, a God his ancestors never knew and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign God's help, he will attack the strongest fortress. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out with chariots, charioteers, and vast navy, He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter his glorious land of Israel, and many nations will fall. But Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. He will conquer many countries, and even Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the gold, silver, and treasures of Egypt, and the Libyans, Ethiopians, will be his servants. But then, news from the east and the north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy the and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountains and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out and no one will help him. At that time, Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, everyone of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and 
knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river, how long would it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands towards heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time and time and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people are finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of, this, of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go on your way until the end. As for you, I said, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Now, Daniel clearly teaches that the dead will be resurrected again, and Daniel himself will be promised this resurrection too. However, the resurrection will not be the same for all people. Two distinct groups of people will be raised, those resurrected to experience new life and those resurrected to experience shame. Those two groups are distinguished by moral, ethical, and spiritual characteristics. The resurrection will unveil each person's true nature, and there will be an ethical and spiritual accounting to God's Most High. Spiritual accounting to God Most High. The first group will experience a new existence called everlasting life, Daniel 12, 2. The expression is found only here in the Old Testament. Everlasting life refers more to the quality of life than to its length. Those who are truly wise know, relate to, and experience God, and they teach others this righteousness and wisdom. Daniel 11:33. They are refined, cleansed, and made pure before their God. The moral and ethical glory of those resurrected in Daniel's first group is indicated by the metaphors. Shine as bright as the sky and shine like the stars forever, Daniel 12, 3. The second group experienced everlasting shame and disgrace instead of everlasting life because they are not morally, ethically, or spiritually renewed. The New Testament book of Revelation expands upon these two groups of, of Daniel's vision. See Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6, and 11 and 15. Everlasting life destroys death. While Daniel recounts rescue from kings, fire, and lions, at the resurrection, God's people will finally be rescued from death. Amen and amen. And now a reading from 1 John. But before I read 1 John chapter 4, uh, the commentary, it says, 
Uh, let's take a breather. Relax for a moment. Let's call upon the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what we just read about your word. Lord, let us, let's take time for the words to seep into our hearts. We thank you and we praise you for the resurrection of life. And we pray that we are in it with Jesus Christ. And we have faith and believe so. And we have confidence that it is a done deal in Jesus' name. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Full assurance in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit indicates it's a full assurance because we are always worried if we're in or not. So the Holy Spirit gives us full, that's a full insurance when you're worried. The person that's not worried is the person that don't even think about it, don't have an inclination. So if you're worrying, congratulations. You are part of the deal. We are part of the deal. Amen. Everyone believes that love is important, but love is usually thought as a feeling. In reality, love is a choice and an action. I said, love is a choice and an action. That's reality. As 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 shows, the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people right in front of us, our family, friends, co-workers, and fellow believers. John isn't telling us how many people to love, but how much to love the people we already know. Our job is to love faithfully the people God has given us to love. God is the source of all love, our love. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are created in His image. Jesus is our example of what it means to love. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love. He lives in our hearts and makes us more and more like Christ. God's love always involves a choice and an action, and our love should be like His. How well do you display your love for God in the choices you make and the actions you take? Amen. And reading, No Religious System, chapter 4, continuing on the commentary of John it says, no religious system can be true if it denies that Jesus was God in a human body. A clear view of who Jesus is will help us develop a deeper relationship with God. Through prayer and studying His Word, we can know that His will is and how to accomplish it in our lives. Even if other people don't understand or accept our new way of life, as we walk with God, we can know that He who lives in our hearts is stronger than our past and present struggles with sin. Recovery depends upon God's gift, and the most important among them is the provision of a Savior. The Father loved us enough to send His Son to save us. As we grow to be more like Him, we also grow in our ability to love others with sacrificial love. Many of us feel the recovery process would be greatly expedited if only we could see God. But God is usually seen by us only through His people when they love us and love each other. That is why it is so important for us to restore our relationship with the people we have harmed. That is also why we need the fellowship of believers, because we desperately need the love they can offer. Now, John spoke again about the importance of love. True Christianity is characterized by loving relationships. 
where there is no fear experiences such relationships, first with God, then with other believers. It's at the heart of our recovery. We can trust God wholly without fear because the punishment of our sins have already taken place through Christ. Where love reigns, we can be open and vulnerable with fellow believers, trusting that our honesty will not be used to hurt us. Mature Christians love delights in helping others. Mature Christians love delights in Christian delights in helping others. It creates an environment in which we can develop accountability and a new sense of responsibility towards ourselves and to others. Amen. The reading of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God will listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, or God is love. Again, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world, so that we may have life eternal through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but, we, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us if we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love and live in God, are, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus 
here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us. Because He loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, uh-oh, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Lord, we pray for those ones that are needing your mercy, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Establish them. And we also pray for those who are distressed by the scorn of others. We are to thank God you're getting scorned, okay? That's the instructions. Obey. Just keep at it. Keep thanking God for the scorn. For the Lord is trying to get pride, ego, um, self-assurance, and your own way of doing out of you. These situations happen because they, He loves us. He can turn everything to love and more love. Amen. Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking for the Lord, our God, for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their masters. As a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal, have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Amen. Notice that the the the, the proud scoff, okay? And the, and the arrogant contempt. So, what was our part? Did we start the the contempt with with being our arrogant? Did we start the uh, scoffing by being proud? I bet you, yes, we probably had something in as you say, no, no. Okay, then there's something else. We're not letting enough God in the sun inside of us. Proverbs 29, 2 and 4. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father. But if he hangs around with prostitutes, his wealth is wasted. A just king gives stability to his nation. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. A just dad gives stability to his home. But one who demands bribes destroys it. Amen. Now we are the people that love wisdom and we bring joy to our Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give them heaven, family. God bless you. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. Let's go ahead and pray with the serenity prayer, please. God.
Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. AA is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. Thank you so much for coming out today. I pray that you had a great Thanksgiving weekend, that the turmoil were minimum. And remember, in the program, we have focus on God alone, not on individual members. If they didn't call you, they didn't text you, they didn't say hello, or you didn't call someone. Our main focus and love, where we get our watering well, is our higher power. That's the only approval that we should be concerned with. That's the only approval that I am concerned with is to be hooked up with my higher power. A lot of times it's it's natural as the sun and the air, and we have privileged rights. We, but when when the sun, representing God or the air, or your immunity system is is lacking, you really get on the ball and get to hook get back with it. So I'm saying our most primary purpose is to stay focused with our higher power on step 11. We seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as he reveals himself to us and his power to carry those things out, to give us the desire to go further and over and beyond. Reading for today from November 30th, from the 24-hour little book, the meditation part, it says, The eternal God is thy refuge. The eternal God is my comfort. The eternal God is my meeting. He is my sanctuary, my meeting that cares for my life. I can get away from the misunderstanding of others by retiring into my own place of meditation, but, but from myself... From my senses of failure and weakness and deprivations, my shortcomings, where can I flee? I wither in that kind of situation. Only to the eternal God, my higher power, my refuge, my understanding, unto that immensity of his spirit and love envelops my spirit, and then it, it loses the smallness and weakness that try to eat my lunch. And I come into harmony with him again and again in his power. We pray that we may loose our limitations in the immensity of God's love. We pray that our spirits may be in harmony with his spirits. Amen. Now remember that we have a slips. Slips in AA have been said they are not slips, but they're premeditated drunks because we have to think about a drink before we actually take one. The thought always comes before the act. It is suggested that people who should always get in touch with an AA before taking the first drink. The failure to do so makes it probable that they had decided to take a drink anyway. And yet the thoughts that come before taking a drink are often largely subconscious. People usually don't know consciously what made them do it. Therefore, the common practice is to call these things slips. <laughs> And my guard, and you know, uh, irritation is a slip. 
you know, in, in uh, Al-Anon, any, if you f- irritate and fall off the, the wagon by screaming and yelling and losing hope, losing uh, conscious contact with your higher power, relying on other people and being disappointed, that's a slip. So we want to go ahead, when we, when we have irritation and negative feelings, call, call someone in the program, talk about it, get it out. Don't let it fester, you know, that quiet action and walking and, and, and getting out there and doing physical action it will eliminate a lot of the irritation, you know, just walking and thanking God that the irritation had you caused walking. Walking eliminates or running or exercise at the gym or any kind of hiking will help irritate that and shout it out when you get a chance when you're in your car shout it out to god why do i have to go through this thing why is this situation like this you know i'm sick of it lord you know just really eating my lunch here hello can i get some help here you know just get it out there god can handle it actually he loves you more he hugs us more when we're at our real point you know when we had it with something you know, when I was in uh, in real estate, we went to a seminars, and we were all doing this uh, seminars. You know, there were every week, and there was a guy in there that kept slowing the the class down. You know, and Howard this, and Howard that, and Howard would scream out in the front, "I don't understand!" And he stopped the whole flow, and all of us said, "Oh, everybody would be cranky about Howard," you know. And, and uh, he, was, uh, he was from another country, and he was learning the uh, language. But when, when, when the year passed, and when we came to get uh, plaques, our office got a plaque for most list, listings. I put a lot of listings up, and the ratio of people in the office and the ratio of listings put us in a pretty good category. So they wanted to give us a plaque. So we all went to this banquet, and guess who? Who was selling in the million dollar range and got the top plaque? The guy who was asking all the questions, Howard. <laughs> and it was amazing, you know. Howard didn't care who was around him. He wanted to understand. So we don't care who's around us. We want to be hooked up with the Most High and be at ease with God, not with another person's approval. If we're looking and hurt feelings for another person's approval when we go into a meeting god's trying to teach us something he he knows that we're we're here for better things it's not the person's approval that we're looking for it's our own approval of uh poor me poor self-esteem that person is only helping me to be have rhinoceros skin and not worry about what another person is because there's going to be another one and another one another one we are in training ground to be the better to be and to prepare for future opportunities guys we need that rhinoceros skin we don't need everybody's approval in that thing okay we need to in the meetings we need to speak our minds you know and i got a lot of work on that you know i i talk a good game right here but when i come over there i'll, I'll i think i'm giving mercy but the fact is you know i need to speak more on the area of understanding and honesty you know for my for my betterment 
I still haven't got a collapse on it. I think I, I respect too much. Give give a fool too much respect and it starts to eat you up, you know. You know, how to, how to attack a fool when a, a fool can't learn. And you got to deal with fools, you know, in your in your meetings. And you've got to protect. I think the Bible says that when the angels came to God, it says there's a lot of fools mixed in with the righteous people. And God said, shall we put, pluck them out now? The angel said. And, and God says, no, just wait to the end of the world and then we'll divide them then. Let them grow up together. So you have righteous people and you have foolish people mixed in. And that's just the way it is, folks. So the best way to do is to be filled with literature. If you're filled with literature, fools don't eat your lunch. You're full of love. When you're full of God's words, the Bible, grapevines, AA book, stories, the uh, the irritation of t- tearing someone's head off, it's not there. You know, you're just... You're just more, you have to have compassion for them. Some people are not able to learn. And we are. We are because we can see it. We're able to learn because we get irritated with foolish people that say the same thing over again. And, they, they, you know, their agenda is to destroy. It's just the same thing as alcohol. To, to disrupt, kill, destroy, and, and make angry. If, if, you, if they can get... Your focus on them, they have done what the, the evil one would want us to do. To get our focus on them, instead of get our focus off of God's words, of what God is doing, get our focus off God's love. So, thank you, God. It's a practice. It's a practice that we go, we forgive. You know, you forgive. You say the serenity prayer for them. You go to page 552. You read and you pray for them. That they will be blessed, even if you don't do want it. You pray for them for two weeks for their health, their prosperity, their happiness. Even though if you don't mean it, just go ahead and do it anyway. Do it anyway for fourteen days, and you will see how, after a while, you'll start to mean it and care for it and relax, and you're going to get the same, because the blessing has to come through you, to go through them. Amen. All right, thank you so much for coming on today's reading. Let's go and pray out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.